Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Brotherly Love in the District. Tristan here, along with Jacob, and Jacob's going to go ahead and tell you what we're going to get into. Yeah, so this week we missed a little bit, but football season is finally here. We have some preseason football to talk about and analyze. Um, going into hockey, I don't think we're really going to mention that much. It's a downtime in the season, not much going on in baseball. Um, we're getting closer and closer towards the playoffs, and we're going to talk about how each of our teams are doing and how the NL East is, is um, matching up. So let's get right into it. Yeah, so uh, been a little bit. Uh, we actually both just went to Boston, but they were in back-to-back -back weeks. So And we, we both went to Red Sox, Red Sox games. Yeah, uh, so we both uh, – we didn't really get a opportunity to do it on – to record, unfortunately – but we are back. And yeah, like you said, both got the opportunity. Was that your first time at Fenway? Yes. And I was yes. seeing the Yankees game where they choked it. But Spike Lee was there. He was a few rows ahead of us. Um, so that was that was a cool opportunity to be able to go to Fenway. You know, that being one of the oldest parks in the MLB. It uh, is, I believe it's the oldest in the MLB. I think you're right. But I, I know uh, Wrigley's up there, too. But uh, like it's it's a historic park that you want to go to. So uh that was cool to be able to get to go to one of those so uh but i didn't get i didn't unfortunately get to see the phillies we we saw them play the brewers uh and yeah i mean the red Sox killed the brewers so uh well the yeah, Yankees were winning initially aaron judge hit a ball over and out of the um out of out of the big green monster but then they blew it in the ninth they they let it get tied and then they lost in the 11th Fenway is the oldest park, uh, yeah. but yeah, so that, that is, we have had a little bit of a break, so we do have a lot to catch up on here. Uh, so I think the first thing we're going to get into is obviously the NFL. And before we go getting into preseason real quick, uh, we are still going to do the little preview where we go into each team in the NFC East. So we'll do the giants, Cowboys, Washington Commanders, 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 and the Eagles, and we'll go over those rosters, talk about where we think they'll fall, and uh, all all those good questions, and then uh, we'll still do that. And then there's a little bit of news. So initially, uh, this is you know just NFL news in general. Initially, Deshaun Watson had been suspended four games, I believe. Correct. Yes. And did you see his suspension just got up to eleven games? And a $5 million. $5 million fine going to charity. Uh, I mean, they're moving in the right direction. Uh, obviously, if he did do what he did, he needs to be punished even more. But, I mean, the NFL is at least making the right mo – moving towards the right direction. Because, obviously, four games definitely was not enough. I mean – if you have Calvin Ridley, who I was talking to my dad a little bit about this. If you have Calvin Ridley, who was gambling on games that he wasn't even playing in, uh, being suspended for at least the year, but indefinitely over time, that Deshaun Watson needs a far worse punishment, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I think that that's a little ridiculous, and I, 
the thing with the league, it's it's really um how do I, inconsistent in terms of yes. the suspensions. Josh Gordon was suspended over hit like all of his time. He was suspended for well over a season for marijuana use. I mean, and I understand it's a policy, but the amount of times he got suspended, I think the league historically has um done drug users like a lot like pretty bad and as well as the gambling stuff like for example dexter manley was suspended for life for having an addiction instead of helping him they just cast him aside and same thing with josh gordon but yeah i think they need to fix and review their suspension policies because it's been so inconsistent and very questionable speaking of drug use and uh (laughs) and suspensions this is probably this is the most intrigued i've been on a player and their suspension in a while and that's aaron Rodgers. so aaron Rodgers came out on a podcast and said that he had used oh i need to look up the the it's a really big like combination and i will probably botch the saying of the what drug it is but basically he used this drug when he went away to south america a couple seasons ago when he was holding out with the packers wasn't Uh, it dmt so what it is is the active it's the active ingredient in dmt but it's a it's like a tea of some sort and here it is uh ayahuasca it's a psychoactive drug in south america native to south america psychoactive beverage um but yeah it's one of the it's one of the it's one of the active ingredients in dmt and uh if you don't know what dmt is that dmt is crazy like that's something you should look up definitely but uh or just listen to a joe rogan podcast mentioned <laughs> yeah, DMT at least like five times during the course of uh, one episode. but yeah dmt is a psychoactive that. drug and that is that's crazy like some of the stories that people have told me about what you know either uh their friends experiences or whatever they um they're kind of crazy and he was he did that while he was in South America and he says that the reason he won the uh the reason he won an MVP MVP was because he was like a new person he found a new person thank you for i was blanking uh he 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 says he thanks the MVP seasons to that thing now what interests me is the fact of one was he doing it in season and two, if he wasn't, like, is the NFL going to try to punish him? Because I feel like they would try to punish him, even though it's not, it shouldn't be punished because he did it in in off season. Like, he wasn't playing and he was yeah. in an area where it was legal. So I'm just really interested to see how the NFL attacks the situation, especially since, you know, he's also kind of a, I wouldn't, he's not the golden boy, but he's definitely one of the higher ups in, you know, NFL lore, uh, definitely nowadays. So I, I'm really interested to see how the NFL goes about 
this Aaron Rodgers situation, but I haven't heard anything on him in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, it's really like when I when you when you told me about that, that was the first I heard of it. It was such like it was so strange to hear about, and it just kind of came out of nowhere for me. So I I don't think he'll be suspended. I personally don't. I don't think he should be suspended if he wasn't using it in season. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, he didn't do it during the season, and if he even if he did, it's not like it's going to help your performance. If anything, it's going to do the opposite. So who knows? He said it helped him find himself and like love himself. Yeah, I guess. But in terms of helping, I meant more like how. Yeah, yeah. Performance enhancing. Yeah. Uh. I saw a meme and it said, uh, it said, breaking news, Josh Gordon has been suspended four games for Aaron Rodgers using DMT. <laughs> uh, but other than that, that's like the real big news around, uh, around the NFL just as a whole. Aside well, actually, from- Raquan, the Raquan Smith situation. Oh, like- yeah, he he asked for a trade, right? Or he didn't? I believe so. I believe he asked for a trade. And um, I think that has very big implications because it could possibly shake up even our division because the Cowboys in it, but also the commanders are in it. And I think they should pursue him heavily because that I think could really round out our defense completely. Um, Because the one thing we're missing is linebackers and it's weird because Ron Rivera is a linebacker and we haven't done much. I think we should try and put a, a decent package together because I think if we want to, if compete. If, yeah. And if Ron Rivera wants to ultimately, as well as Jack Del Rio, like put their jobs without a doubt, like they're going to have it next year, bad wording, but I think they need to go for it. And as long as he doesn't go to the Cowboys, I'll be fine. But I think that's a trade we really need to look into. Uh, Roquan Smith. And then another one is uh, Kareem Hunt. He has to be traded to from the Browns. The Browns denied it, but or told him no. But uh, I still think that's interesting because obviously teams now see that he wants out and they're going to be calling. So, yeah, uh, you know, even just asking for a trade that shakes up the NFL a little bit and like, shakes up teams calling and all that stuff. Uh, but going into the preseason games, uh, the the Commanders played the Panthers and the Eagles played the Jets. You want to talk about the Commanders game real quick? Yes. Um. So I actually, there's some good and bad that I took away from that game. The bad is our third down defense still sucks, I think something really needs to happen jack del rio i mean we struggled with it last year our third down defense was truly awful and we cannot afford to have our third down defense being that bad I mean, we need to change it our secondary still i think needs help um whether that's just in terms of like concepts or personnel i don't know but i think it needs a little more help but um on the brighter side of the defense um our defensive line actually looked pretty good. They were getting a lot of penetration and they were starting to find their footing. Um, in turn, on the offensive side of the ball, Antonio Gibson has struggled with ball possession and he's um, suffered and he's let a lot of fumbles go. 
um, and he had another one. And so, especially with Peyton Robinson, I think his name is our new running back. He looked really good in the three drives he was out on the field. Antonio Gibson may have lost the starting um, running back spot because I think even into this season, it was in question. And we're a team we can't afford to give up that many possessions again. And he was one of the reasons why we gave up so many. Um, and Peyton and Robinson, he looked really good. He was getting a lot of yards after contact. He looked like he had significantly better ball carrier vision than Gibson. Um, do I think we like cut Gibson? No, but maybe he we should use him more as like a gadget player like he was in Memphis or look to trade him for trade him in some kind of package. But yeah, it's it's not looking great for him. Um, Carson Wentz um, started to look more and more comfortable um, in, in the three drives he was out there. The third drive, he let him down the field and ended up with a touchdown. Not a passing, but running. He was 10 for 13, 74 yards, looked comfortable wasn't overly like he wasn't forcing the ball into areas where he shouldn't be he was taking a lot of check downs and which is something that he never did yep he never like, took check downs and that's gonna that's one of our strengths because jd mckissick whenever he gets the ball he can make things happen antonio gibson when you toss him the ball and he's not fumbling he can make things happen peyton robinson even can too look great um Another quarterback who I think looked good was Sam Howell. Even though he's against third stringers, I think he looked great. And but people are saying he should start. That is absolutely not the not the case. Um, we need to let him develop without any pressure right now. He did great against third um, third stringers, and I I just think he's going to be the future. We but we just let him develop without any big big weight on his shoulders and um it's looking up for us but we still have a few things we need to need to clarify and get better at so the the one thing i just thought was crazy probably one of the best game-winning drives in nfl history was uh what matt corral did for carolina did you did you see the game yes so i didn't watch the game but i saw this uh afterwards in the, in the game-winning drive, Matt Corral, the order of events, Matt Corral, incomplete pass. Matt Corral scrambles for six yards. Uh, they rush the ball and gain 11 yards for a first down. And then Matt Corral, another incomplete pass. Matt Corral, another incomplete pass. <laughs> Matt Corral sacked, but there was a penalty on the play. which yeah, the then... two penalties killed us on that drive. Yeah, a penalty then reset the downs and Carolina then has a first down. Uh, they rush the ball. Matt Corral, another incomplete pass. And then on third down, again, Matt Corral sacked, but another penalty that reset the downs. And two more rush, three more rushes, and then a field goal to win the game. game. So Matt Corral, I believe, had one two three four incomplete passes got sacked twice and scrambled for six yards and still won the game on that drive yeah um i i think some of our backup defense really stinks like we i think that's one of the things we struggle at um our defensive line i actually like the depth um i'm okay with that um it's the rest of the positions we don't have great starting linebackers to begin with so um 
secondary. Our safeties are okay, but the rest of it, not that great. So I think Jack Dovery and Ron Rivera really need to clarify some things and work on some things because, like I said, with our starters, our third down defense sucks, and we cannot afford to have that happen. I mean, we just can't. We have, we should have a top 10 defense in the league, and we can't afford to give up first down after first down after first down. So yeah, there's some positives. I think our offense can be decent if Carson Wentz continues what he does and takes checkdowns and all that. And if Robinson does have a breakout year, I think that could add a whole new dimension to our team because yes, Antonio Gibson was a thousand yard rusher last season, but he had, I'm pretty sure he was top five in attempts and he could have had a lot more yards. Um, I just don't think he's a natural runner. And you can see that even when McKissick runs the ball, you can see he's more explosive. He has better vision as to where to go in the line. Um, um, but we do have a very good offensive line. One thing I will um, say is they looked very good. There were some really good plays. We threw a check down or um, a screen on a third long to it was Robinson and they made some great blocks. I mean, really good blocks um, to get us the first. So I think that I think we have the possibility of being a very good team, especially if we can work on the thing, work on some stuff. Uh I didn't get to, like I said, I didn't watch that game, uh, but I did hear Carson Wentz played well. I heard Sam Howell played well, put together a couple good drives, and it is preseason. I'm the real thing I look for is the starters. I don't yeah. really look that deep into the depth. Obviously, uh, it could play a role, especially when your team gets injured a lot, but not something that I look into a ton. Going to the Eagles game. How about uh, that great hit by Quincy Williams? Hands, let's give him a round of applause. I when when was it? Because there was a there was a hit on a yeah the when Jalen Hurts got hit. Oh, that was that was by that was on that was Carl Lawson who put down that hit. I think was that Carl Lawson. I think it was Carl Lawson because I, I was... remember them talking about Carl Lawson right before the game, and then he made the late hit and. No, it was Quincy Williams. Oh, was it? I thought yeah. it was Carl Lawson. Uh, no, well, yeah, it's Quincy Williams, but that was yeah, – I'm was, surprised he wasn't thrown out for that hit. That was not a great hit. But I watched the first two drives for the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts played only good. played – Yeah, he only played the first drive, but he played well. He went six for six. Uh, let me – 80 yards and a touchdown. And um, well, Yeah, I was saying, let me pull up. The rest of his uh, stats real quick, but he didn't have a complete pass or incomplete pass on his first play of the game. They did play action and he was flushed out of the pocket. And I was looking for him to him to just check it down to Miles Sanders. And he actually threw a laser down the I'd say 20 to 30 yards down the sideline to uh, Quez Watkins right on the sideline. It was a beautiful. I did play see, it was day. it was a very good throw, but like the only question everybody's going to have is can he keep it up and if he can that Eagles team it's going to be very dangerous and I I think this year we're going to see a three dog race for the um the NFC East division lead I think it's going to be very um our division's going to be decent this year yeah Jalen Hurts passed deep right to Quez Watkins for 28 yards Mm -hmm. that's what it was uh 
but yeah, I mean, the offense looked good all together on the first in the first drive of the game. Jalen Hurts played well. Uh, Miles Sanders put together a couple good rushes, but the starters didn't really play much. They played one drive. The uh, and then on defense, I I'm haven't been able to say this in a while, but I'm kind of excited for the linebackers. They they're not too jazzy of names, but they don't look terrible. That's the big thing that I'm happy about. Uh, Kaiser White had a pick. Uh, Nicobe Dean looks like he could be showing off first-round talent. He was the consensus top linebacker until all the injuries came out of nowhere. And then TJ Edwards, they re-signed because he was the best linebacker they had, and he's a good downhill backer who makes a ton of tackles. So it's not saying much as an Eagles fan to say that I'm a little bit excited for the linebackers, linebackers. but the, what I'm getting at is one, I will say this, these linebackers are not going to start anywhere else in the NFL. Yeah. Unless you're talking like bottom teams of the league. And even then they might not start there, but uh, from what the Eagles are used to, they look good, and that is what I'm basing it off of. Uh, I just you just I, need them to not jack it up. Exactly, like I'm looking for average play to come out of them. I don't need anything spectacular. You know, I don't need Fred Warner type play or Bobby Wagner and his prime type play. I just need them to play on average. I want them to play like Anthony Harris did last season. Anthony Harris, he never screwed it up but at the same time you never heard his name in a good play he was just he played well but he didn't do anything amazing and he didn't do anything terrible and he just played average and that's what I look for out of the that's what I'm looking for out of the linebackers because looking at the rest of the defense it's pretty solid obviously the d-line in Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox uh Josh Sweat you know they have a deep d-line and they also have Hassan Reddick rushing off the edge. Uh, with the D-line, they should be getting to the quarterback quick. And then on top of that, you have Darius Slay, and you finally have an actual number two corner across from Darius Slay and James Bradbury. So the team looks better as a whole on defense, and that is what makes me just be okay with just seeing a little bit of average play out of the linebackers. You also got... Jaquiski Tart at safety, and they re-signed Anthony Harris. Although I was listening to a another podcast where they were talking about the Eagles 53, and he said that he thinks Anthony, Anthony Harris is going to get booted and Jaquiski Tart will be starting across from – oh, who is the other Eagles safety? It's escaping my mind right now. Eagles safety? Ugh. I can't even think of it right now. Well, I Marcus can't... Epps, that's who it is. I okay. think it's going to be Marcus Epps and Jaquaski Tart. Jaquiski Tart, uh, I that can't guy. pronounce his name, yeah. Uh, but they said he's a box safety who could play all over the place, and they think he'll be starting across from Marcus Epps. So as long as we get average play from the linebackers, that's enough to keep me happy. Uh, and that's but... that's what we need. I need from Washington as well. Um, and even the secondary just – Average in terms of them, but really good defensive line play. And I think that's that's for both of our defenses, because if we look at it, we have 
we each have a really great cornerback in Kendall Fuller and Darius Slay. Um, I'm sorry, think, but Kendall Fuller does not add up to Darius Slay. Well, he's not as good, but we have, <laughs> we have more depth. I see. In I the see what you're saying. You, than have, you, guys. you have a certified number one corner. Yeah, we have a certified number one. I think our depth is better than yours in terms of the secondary, but it all banks on our um on our defensive line, and we just need them to um carry the defense essentially. Yeah. Uh, which is actually for both teams because the yep. that's where the Eagles put all their money is in the defensive line. That's Sean where Reddick's getting is. paid fifteen mil a year. Fletcher Cox is getting paid fourteen mil this year. Uh, the one play I did, there was one play where I saw Jordan Davis and focused on him. And did you see the clip where he just picks up Cam Jurgens and that is such a him? crazy. He just like carries him back to the quarterback. He did, he that, did that against the Jets too. The, Zach Wilson got the ball out too quick for Jordan Davis to actually get there, but Jordan Davis lined up across from the center and just took him back and gave him no. It shot. reminds me of some of the stuff Vince Wilfork used to do, like in the butt fumble. If you look closely, you can see Vince Wilfork moves that offensive line into Mark Sanchez's pathway. <laughs> but I think Jordan Davis is a better athlete, like pure athlete than Vince Wilfork. Uh, well, for one. Jordan Davis ran a four eight on the four. Yeah, that is that is ludicrous. That uh, did Vince Wilford tackles no. Could Vince he didn't, Wilford he didn't run that? I, no, I was gonna say, did he even stay under a minute on the forty? <laughs> well, he he's a great athlete, like kind of like William Perry was. They're fast, like off the line, They're quick. Like, that, yeah, quick. D linemen, you look at their ten second split or their ten yard split, not the. Yeah. You don't look at the forty yards after ten. Just no, don't if do that. If your D lineman is running forty yards downfield, you have bigger issues. To yeah, um, yeah, that reminds me of the game um, where Mike Vick killed us um, against Washington. Yeah, we saw our defensive line laying on the floor. Well, the rest of our defensive lineman is running down the field. That's when you know something's wrong. Yeah. So, uh, but I saw they asked Jordan Davis afterwards. They're like. What do you think about the clip of Cam Jurgens? And he he said he honestly hated it because he's like, yeah, like, you know, I got the best of him on that play. But he goes, they don't show you the other stuff where he's driving me back and I can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, but Jordan Davis has been losing weight. Uh, I'm really excited to see him play. Like the the middle, I feel like the middle of the defensive line is going to be good with Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Hassan Red, or not Hassan Redding, uh, J- Javon Hargrave, Milton Williams, who can rotate all across the defensive line. The defensive line, I was a little bit scared of, you know, going into the offseason, like looking at the depth going missing and everything. But after all the signings and everything, I'm excited about the D line and they are deep on the D line. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But One thing really- I'm excited about or I'm interested to see, Andy Reid has said that the starters will play the first half for the Chiefs against us on Saturday. And so I'm interested to see, will we do the same thing in response and or at least for the defense just to as a litmus test to see where we are. Um, but yeah, I think that we can make week two like the uh, dress rehearsal kind of like week three was um, when it was a four game preseason. Um, so yeah, I'm actually excited for football. I know 
I think this is going to be different from when I was excited from baseball. I think we actually have the potential to be good. And I think it will last longer than the whole baseball thing. Um, I still pay attention to it, even though the book, two of the teams I cheer for are doing crap right now, but that's besides the point. Uh, but going off of that, let's just, can let's start our little uh, preview here. Now, obviously neither of us are big Giants or Cowboys fans. So it's going to be a little bit harder to go through those. And Washington and Eagles will definitely be where we, you know, talk a little bit more, but the Giants is the Giants are and Cowboys are a team that we can look at and still talk about and look at their starting lineups and everything or their projected starting lineups and talk about how we think they are going to finish out. Uh, so I say we start with the Giants. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And, and we I might as well start with the worst team. The I think the biggest the biggest piece of information is the fact that they just got a new head coach in Brian Dable and Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator for the bills who was the teacher of Josh Allen, essentially. So I'm pretty sure giants fans are ecstatic about the addition of Dable. They also added Marty Morningway in the, back end for defense as their defensive coordinator so they've definitely gotten better coaches now and that's really you know how they put it together uh um a counterpoint for that real quick is do you remember josh mcdaniel he was the yes. offensive coordinator for the patriots Thank team you. that almost went undefeated and then he made matt castle a highly sought after quarterback he then went to the broncos to the coach to coach them um he drafted Tebow and all the stuff like that. He was a great offensive mind, but wasn't the best off um, head coach. So just, just because the, it may be an offensive guru doesn't mean it always translates over. Um, but I'm, I don't doubt the coaching staff as much as I um, do the personnel. I just don't think they have the personnel to do it. Daniel Jones we keep waiting for him to make a step forward and maybe it's due to the fact that they don't really have a great offensive line, which hinders their entire offense as a whole. I just don't think they're going to be that great of a team. And I just, I can't think, what are they going to do on offense? Because Barkley he's shown he's had a lot of injury problems and the offense. I think that is another offensive line thing that is part of that. Yeah. And the, and they don't have the best wide receivers. They have Kenny Galladay, but he hasn't really been performing as advertised. Worth his money. Yeah. Um, so, and with Saquon Barkley, I um, proposed this question. If this is another bad season where he maybe gets injured because of the offensive line or just has a bad season because of the offensive line, are the Giants going to go into full rebuild and trade, trade a lot of their players and then just be – this is Barkley's contract year, correct? He, I believe so. So he could just leave outright. Yeah, I think this is Barkley's contract year. Yeah, and he's starting to yeah, get five, five years experience. So this should be his contract year. Yeah, so Saquon could be gone after this year. And I think if Jones doesn't show 
drastic improvement, I think he's going to be gone. So I'm really interested to see what this team does. And don't get me wrong. I still think the Giants are going to be better than they were. I don't see them being great, though. Uh, yeah, because I still think they have they have troubles on defense as well. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley should both be happy because they did – the Giants did add a couple good pieces. They have two good bookends now on the offensive yeah. line. In Evan Neal, who was the number six overall pick in the draft, and Andrew Thomas, who – is he is an experienced offensive lineman um a he came out of georgia he's not that much more experienced but still came out of georgia sec school toughest conference that's the closest thing you're going to get to the nfl that you can in college so they have two good bookend tackles and so maybe daniel jones won't be you know fighting for his life as soon as the ball is snapped because he has Jadeveon Clowney in his face uh, yeah. so they did add a couple good pieces on the offensive line in those two players their wide receiver core I feel like should be performing better than it, it does it just uh, like you said Kenny Galladay Matthew Stafford I don't know if it was Matthew Stafford or what but I never thought I'd hear myself say he looked way better on the Lions than he does now uh, yeah when that when you're saying that it's that's probably not a good thing so he looked like a great receiver on the lines, you know, a number one caliber receiver, but, and then they have Darius Slayton who has shown uh, glimpses of being a good wide receiver, Sterling Shepard, who has had some injury problems recently, uh, if I recall correctly, but still a good receiver when he is healthy and Kadarius Tony, the guy they just drafted the last season in the first round, who I would presume they have is their slot. Uh, or actually, I think he'd be an outside receiver, just a speed out right outside receiver. And then I have Sterling Shepard in the slot or Darius Slayton. But they have a good receiving core. They obviously have a good running back. They also added Matt Breida, who showed glimpses in San Fran of being a good running back. Then when they the did Dolphins, lose... Um, they did lose Evan Ingram, who I think has the potential to be a really good tight end. He hasn't necessarily he's still on the Jaguars. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he's on the Jags, and he I, went from bad to worse. Yeah, potentially. I think. I mean, the Jags don't look terrible because they also have Trevor Lawrence. I think they could have a decent offense. Their defense is a different story. But like you said, yeah, they lost they lost Evan Ingram, and now they don't really have a. They don't really have a tight end. They have former commander's legend, Ricky Seals-Jones. He, hey, he was a good player. But there, it says right now their starting tight end is Daniel Bellinger. But I think the depth chart is a little messed up due to preseason and everything because obviously they have more than 53 players. But, uh, yeah, this is definitely a year Daniel Jones needs to step up a uh, Maybe we'll see Tyrod Taylor running the offense by halfway through the season. Yeah, it's very possible. Moving over to, I think the Giants, real quick, I do think the Giants offense should be better and potentially should be the strong point of their team. 
I, looking at this team, I feel like I did last season. Last season, I definitely would not have thought that they would win four, five games like they did this, uh, like they did. But their their twenty two looks good. Their fifty three does not look as good, but their twenty two looks good. The starting twenty two. Uh, going over to defense, like I said, like their starters look pretty pretty decent. Their linebackers leave a little bit to be uh desired yeah that's thank you i couldn't think of the word but other than that i mean leonard williams has revived his career in the with the giants as opposed to being under pressure uh they have aziz ojalari who they drafted last year dexter lawrence who's a bit of a younger guy but a in his second contract went to clemson and I want to say he is a pretty good nose tackle. I feel like I've definitely heard his name uh, wrecking some havoc throughout the NFL in the past. And then they also just drafted Kayvon Thibodeau for their edge rusher, who was at the beginning of this college season last year was the consensus number one overall pick. Uh, and then they have the tackle machine in Blake Martinez. Uh, they have Tay Crowder as their other other linebacker i have don't know about much about this guy um a definitely a new guy not a big name guy but uh like you like you said their defense could be a little eh, and i think their secondary is probably the stronger part of their uh team all right so their defense should be better. Their secondary is where I think that's their strongest point on their team. Uh, they have a Dory Jackson at corner at cornerback who was a number one corner in Tennessee, really fast corner too. And then their safeties, Xavier McKinney and Julian Love, both kind of underrated and good safeties that have been playing a couple years in the league. So their defense is definitely has a little bit left to be desired but still overall a pretty good starting 22 their depth is a little a little rough but other than that i think the giants could win we're now in a 17 game season so i would say six games um i got them winning five i still think they're gonna finish last in the division i do too because if you look at all four teams NFC East, they're undoubtedly the worst. Yes, agreed. Uh, with their new coaches, though, I think they could win seven. There's definitely potential there. But, I think like, we can see offensive improvement, but in general, I just don't think they're going to be a good team or show massive improvement to possibly leapfrog one of the teams. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited. I think – the NFC East is no longer the NFC least. Who would you say is the worst um, who has taken over as the worst division in the league? I don't even know. AFC West is really good, so definitely not them. That's probably the best. NFC North, you you have the Packers and maybe the Vikings, but the Bears and the Lions are no. They're bad. Uh, you have the West, NFC West, who is – the Cardinals, the Rams, who are both potential playoff teams, 
then the Seahawks are not. The 49ers. The AFC the South's pretty bad. AFC South. The uh, the Colts, I don't know. I think they're still has the problems. Colts and Titans, say, but they have the Texans and Jags, though. Uh Texans and Jags. Well, I mean, okay, I think the I think the NFC South is equivalent to the NFC or AFC South is equivalent to NFC North, in my opinion. You have that standout team in the Titans and the Packers, and then the team that's kind of in the middle, the Colts and the Vikings, and then the two terrible teams. So yeah. Uh, I'd say like before looking at the, like just looking at the season now, it's a little hard, definitely not the AFC North. I think that's going to be a good division. And that would leave the AFC East, who's the Jets, the Patriots, the Bills, and the Dolphins. I'd say the worst division is probably the NFC South. You have the Saints who have potential, but still, eh, you know, Jameis Winston is their starting quarterback. You have the Falcons, who are going to be terrible, might be the worst team in the league this season. Carolina, who they again, are going to be good, is going to be terrible. And Tampa, I don't know if Tampa is going to be great. They lost a couple offensive linemen. Uh, Tom well, Brady no longer has Brady's, Yeah, and Brady, he has some personal issues. So yeah, he he's hasn't not... been attending practice. So I think the NFC South might be the worst division. You could be onto something there. Because I say you could potentially, I think you could potentially see three teams come out of the NFC East. It's it's possible. It's, My two early guess, you could see three teams come out of the NFC East. I can see it, but knowing knowing I, our teams, it, it's... I would say Tampa would win the South still. Yeah. I don't know what's going on down there. The East, I think, is going to be – no offense, but I think it's going to be the Eagles or Cowboys. I don't think it's going to be Washington. Definitely on, not. Nice. Well, initially on paper, maybe, like, they probably have the better-looking teams, but – I think depth-wise, it's the Eagles. And being that we haven't had a repeat winner since – Well, depth-wise, in what positions? I think – I the, just mean in general. In general. In general. I think the Cowboys, I think, could – um suffer a little bit this season because their offensive line isn't as yeah. good this year they lost amari cooper um Which we'll talk about a little more next week yeah uh, um but then i still think there's too many question marks in the north, NFC to give a winner north is the packers and the west is probably the rams and then i think the 40 ah uh, maybe not because i think the 49ers can make the playoffs the vikings could make the playoffs Cowboys, Washington, Eagles, obviously. Uh, you could throw the Cardinals in the mix. I don't know. It's definitely looking at it now, just trying to look at it by paper, going off memory of who has who. Now it's a little hard to choose who could come out playoff-wise. But that is our Giants uh, little preview of the Giants. Again, nothing too in-depth because we don't know that much about the Giants but just giving a little bit of a overview of how we think they could turn out I think they're going to end fourth in division seven wins max I say they're going to get five uh but with that that does finish off the NFL unless you have anything else you wanted to say in terms of the NFL now um 
in the NHL, nothing really huge. I did have Kadri a couple... signed with the Flames. Who? Kadri. Oh, Nazem Kadri. Yeah, he signed the, with the Flames. The only thing that I had that I actually wanted to talk about was a couple, a couple uh like housekeeping things. So the Flyers already talked about Morgan Frost, but the other big signing that just happened for the Flyers was Owen Tippett signed a two-year deal with the Flyers. And that I think is a little bit more of a little bit bigger. Obviously Morgan Frost is a big piece, but those two have really good chemistry. They actually used to play together in uh, when they were younger. He's, Owen Tippett said like they would play against each other and play with each other when they were younger in like certain tournaments and stuff. So he said, that could be a little piece to the to the puzzle in their chemistry. But the big thing with Owen Tippett re-signing is one that then makes the Giroux trade a, that much seem like that much more successful. Obviously, if Owen Tippett were to come in and just leave immediately, then it definitely wouldn't have looked successful. We still have a little bit of time to see if that trade is right because we have to wait for that draft pick. We have to see how Owen Tippett pans out as a whole. Uh, obviously, there were a couple other smaller organization piece, organizational pieces that aren't on the flyers right now, but in the in the system. But he's signed for two more years and I think Owen Tippett could be the future goal scorer for the Flyers because obviously Cam Atkinson will be gone soon and he's getting old. Uh, but Owen Tippett is a guy who skates well and hard, but he also has that shoot first mentality. Like I've been saying, he is the first one to have that since probably Simone Gagne. And so signed for two years, 1.5 mil a year. And I'm happy about that signing. I think uh, he brings in a pretty good offensive piece to the Flyers in which they need. Now, the one thing I also want to add to that is I think the Flyers are also getting too much hate because of – I see where people are going in, uh, in the fact that Fletcher didn't do anything, which, side note, you know who did do a really good job is uh, Howie Roseman. I know we stopped talking about football, but – I'm just comparing. Obviously, they're in the same city, the Phillies and the Flyers and the Eagles. But you have both teams who were in bad situations, you know, weren't playing great. Like the Eagles were had four wins two seasons ago, and they both had average teams. And one, you know, now made the team look like a division winner, and the other one just added a couple small pieces. So just comparing those two, I think that. Fletch, Chuck Fletcher didn't do as much as Howie Roseman did, and I think Howie Roseman did a good job, but that's besides the point. Uh, but the Flyers are focusing a lot of their talent on the younger guys and not really worrying about the older guys. I think injuries still play a huge role, and I cannot wait for October to come. October is going to be like with yeah, football, I can't eat. It's, I'm, football I'm playoff, baseball, hockey. and hockey. I'm excited because I think the Flyers are taking a little bit too much heat 
Carter Hart, obviously, still a stud in net. Uh, but there's just there's nothing you can do right now because we haven't even started like I don't it's not OTAs but like mini camps and stuff yeah preseason is sometime in September yes preseason starts at September we are about 12 13 days away from being done with the last month of the year without hockey yeah so we're that close and i'm excited anything like any small signings for the caps that you want to talk about or anything no we haven't done anything uh but with that the only thing that i think you know really hurts the flyers is the fact that they're in a really good division and that's gonna yeah it's one of it's I'd say top three in the league. Um, I don't. I don't think the. Are you saying it's a top three division in the league? Yes. There's only four divisions. Exactly top three, bro. <laughs> that's not that. That's not that hard. I think they're a top. <laughs> I think they're a top two and maybe the hardest division. The only other one. I'd say I think, they're the hardest, but in terms of the top end, I think that there is one better division in terms of I top it, top top end. I think it, the only other potential division that could be better is the Atlantic. Yeah, I'd say like I'd say I they have even, better top end teams, but in terms of in general, I think all together, all together is better. Yes, uh, but I would even venture to say that it's a one A one B for best division. You got yeah both are pretty even, and like you said, like one team is better in the entire division and the other one is like you have the lightning and you have the bruins and who just seem to not go away they're like even though they have one of the worst farm systems in the league and everybody thinks that this is the year they're gonna fall off but yet they don't they just never do exactly yeah Uh, and they just got back bergeron and krejci for hometown discounts so yeah definitely uh the bruins are like glitter like you think they're gone and then it's like couple of years later you're like dude what are you still doing here like yeah, go away so annoying like I, I really don't like the bruins uh then the last thing uh i i think that's really it for the nhl you know they haven't even started mini camps they should be starting soon um but other than that that's really all i got they have uh the world juniors going on so obviously a couple of younger guys from the Flyers playing uh, in Zade Wisdom and one other player who's escaping my mind at the moment, but playing for Team Canada, but go USA. Did you see, uh, I'm going to, I know this isn't the name of the country, but it's like Czechia or something. Czechoslovakia? Just, it's not Czechoslovakia because it's just. Czechia? Like, I, yeah, I know like, the one, they yeah. just beat USA. They just upset yeah, USA. Czechia. Um, but other than that, there's really nothing going on in the hockey world. But in baseball, it's the exact opposite. The playoff race is heating up and credit to the Phillies. It's, it's looking like you have a playoff, a wild card spot. One, one thing real quick, uh, before we get into baseball, we do want to, uh, tell you guys about our friends over at Bomberger, uh, Bomberger's a new food truck 
opened by two another set of uh college kids like us they're based out of Loudoun County and they're a food truck that mostly focuses on their smash burgers really good food uh I have gone and I really like their bomb burger you know their namesake they uh also have a special almost every weekend I heard today that they could be having a chicken sandwich coming a fried chicken sandwich coming for this weekend for a special so uh they are at Brossman's farm stand in Luckett's Virginia every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and have started going on Fridays a lot more recently. Uh, but in case you guys want to look into them a little bit more and get more on their schedule and where they're going, they have socials in Instagram and Facebook where they post all their events, you know, where they're going. And they also do catering. So if you need someone to cater for you guys, uh, definitely look into Bomberger. Check them out. Like you said, Phillies are looking good. They are in a wild card spot. Yeah, especially because Bryce, I saw him. He's taking BP. He's been starting to take. He's actually, he's actually getting ready to go to the minors to start. Uh, yeah, rehab assignment. Yeah. So that's good. And um, the closest team that could possibly get in is the Brewers, but they've been actually losing recently. And they traded away Josh Hader to the Padres. So I think I think you'll make it into a wild card spot. Yeah, real quick. I mean, obviously the trade deadline at this point was ages ago. Yeah. Uh, the Phillies traded for Noah Syndergaard, Brandon Marsh, and David Robertson from the Cubs and the Angels, respectively. Uh, Syndergaard actually had a great outing the other day. Pitched eight innings against the against the Reds. Um, but I I like that he's kind of putting in that same that same little extra you know nothing too fancy but still has under a four era you know you love to see that yeah. in any case uh still has under a four era and filling in for the injured zach eflin so uh he i like the addition of him brandon marsh is a guy who's gonna be the center fielder for the future i want to say he's locked up for seven years after this so uh because he's only 24 yeah he's thought, very young i thought he, he was like 30 beard. already he, he has a great his, beard though yeah, he gives off the same vibes as uh, you know, Joe Thor- Jumbo Joe or uh I-, I feel like just, you know, that long beard makes him age that much more. Uh when I see him, I think of Charlie Blackman from the Rock. Yeah. Uh but yeah, he's locked up and he's gonna be the everyday, you know, center fielder for the Phillies. And then obviously the biggest piece that we didn't get to talk about was Josh, your boy Josh Bell. And Juan Soto going to the Padres. I mean, Josh Bell, he hasn't been doing that great for the Padres. In fact, he's been doing pretty bad. Um, He's hitting 135 right now, but Juan Soto is doing great. And I look at it like this. I think they were bound to leave us at some point, and I think – I think the Padres, they trade. I think Soto's a rental for two and a half years because I don't think they'll be able to re sign him. I don't think With they. Tatis? Can... No way. Well, yeah. Uh, speaking of Tatis, uh, Mr. Yeah. PEDs, we'll yeah, talk about that after. But yeah, <sighs> we got Luke Voigt, who's actually been doing decent. We called up Joey Manessis, who is a 30 year old rookie, and he's been <laughs> crushing the ball. He's been the best. He's actually like 
one of the few bright spots and we just called up cj abrams who is one of the he's like i think the top he he was there i want to say he was their number two prospect for the padres prior to getting traded and he had been playing in the mlb for while he was injured he's playing on and off and we also got mackenzie gore we got robert hassel the second or third i forgot which it is and we got a few other people I like the trade considering I think we would have lost him regardless. Um, it's going to be a long rebuild, but I'll try to keep it positive. Um, CJ Abrams had a clutch hit a few nights ago where he um, tied it up or put us in the lead. So, um, yeah, we still, we still have some good young pieces. We have Ruiz. We have Josiah Gray. We're going to be, we're going to get Mackenzie Gore soon. I think that has the potential to be a very good one, two punch. So, and we're going to get another good draft pick next year because we're going to be the worst team in baseball. Um, so we're just ne- going to need to draft a lot better than we have the past few years, and our uh, farm system is going to need to do its job. Um, what I mean by that is progress our players. So I'll try to keep positive. I mean, that's all you can really do when your team is the way they are. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's awkward considering – uh, a few weeks ago, I got a, a, a Juan Sedic, a Juan Solo bobblehead. Um, that's rough. Yeah, I when I got it, I knew it would be outdated in a few weeks. So, at least you were aware of it. Yeah, it, and that was the day when um it announced that he turned down the four hundred million dollar deal, the four forty. Yeah, on uh, the on the other side. Well, first off. Let's talk about the Padres. First off, I thought they were making great moves because they had Josh Hader, yeah. they got Juan Soto, they got Josh Bell. They were bringing in everyone. And then Fernando they're still Tatis. Only a, they're only Fernando, a wild card team. Yeah, right now they're starting a wild card team. But Fernando Tatis comes out and he game suspension on for 80 games because of PEDs. That is a game changer. I was so surprised because we were walking back from the Yankees Red Sox game and I look on my phone and saw a shit ton of notifications and it said 80 game suspension Fernando Tatis. And I saw his uh, like letter explaining it. It's pretty funny because he claimed he had ringworm from a haircut and then he took ringworm medicine that had a steroid in it. That was his excuse that he released per he released it. I mean, but at the same time, like there's, you have that whole, you know, he's saying it, but it doesn't sound believable and everyone's going to look at it the way they do anyway. At the end of the day, he's getting suspended either way. So he's let down, he's let down the Padres massively. Yeah. Cause he has an off season. He he was injured last season too. Yeah. And this off season, he got injured in bike accidents, motorcycle accidents, and then He's trying to work back and then boom, 80 game suspension for one of the faces of the league or now former faces, whatever that's going to be. Yeah. The Padres. Yeah. And they're, I think they're still underperforming because they have the same record as you guys. And that's not good considering the roster they have and what they're supposed Their to roster. Even if our, even if our team was healthy, their roster is still five significantly better. better than yours. And then add in the fact that we are right now our injuries, Brandon Marsh, Kyle Schwarber, Zach Eflin, Bryce Harper. Uh, they just got rid of DD Gregorius. So, but the, 
I mean, with the injuries, their their roster is 10 times better than the Phillies. And the Phillies are still putting up just as good numbers against the against their opponents as the Padres are. Yeah, the Padres are just disappointing. Yeah, they have like Soto's been playing good, but they're just not winning as much as everybody thought they should. They kind of remind me of the Brooklyn Nets and the fact that they have yeah. a bunch of superstars, but for some reason can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, the, but going on the other end of the spectrum, like you were saying, the Phillies, they are in a wild card spot right now. And I believe they're actually, they're in the second one. I believe they have a half a game on the Padres. You do. Yes. And I believe right now we'd be playing Atlanta if the playoffs were to start right now. Which is not good because the Braves are playing very well. Yes, they are they're hot. But uh so are the Mets because they got back to Grom and Scherzer. Yeah, the Mets are the Phillies just played the Mets and they're starting another series against the Mets tomorrow. But the Phillies put together a pretty good series against the Mets. They won. The first game two to one. They lost the second game one to nothing. The third game got a little out of hand. I want to say the final was six to nothing. But the fact, I mean, the fact of the matter was like they were putting pretty good numbers against the Mets, who were 76 and 42, 10 and a half games ahead of the Phillies. Um, so like I'm not looking, obviously, I'm looking for a win there, but when I kind of figured that they were going to lose to the Mets, I was surprised when they won one game. Uh, but when you look at it all together, I'm just happy that they still played pretty decent. It wasn't anything terrible. Uh, then add on to the fact now that uh, Kyle Schwarber's gone, like it's really just a matter of trying to stay in it is the big thing right now. Yes, yeah, stay not, in it until not you're falling behind. Bryce Harper is eyeing a September 1st return. Uh, then Kyle Schwarber, it's only a minor injury. So Kyle Schwarber should be back pretty soon. I believe that's the same situation for Brandon Marsh, both just minor injuries that they should have back relatively soon. Uh, the pitching is doing good. Ranger Suarez, another guy who just had an amazing outie outing, uh, but Aaron Nola at a 307 ERA and Zach Wheeler, under three, I believe he has a two nine five. I will pull that up real quick. Uh, but both of our two nine two ERA, both of the pitchers who should be, you know, playing great are putting up good numbers. So that's what you love to see there. Uh, and overall, I mean, I'm just, I'm blown away by the way that the Phillies have stepped up, I think is the best way to put it. Bryson Stott is now over 200 batting average. He has been at, he's at 221 now. And if you recall a couple, the past couple of episodes, I've been saying, you know, with Rob Thompson coming in, Bryson Stott has been playing better, but his, his average wasn't showing it because he was still at 180, 190, finally up over 200. And he leads rookies in RBIs on the season. So he's putting... He's putting a good season together now that he's playing every day. Uh, and you have guys like Derek Hall stepping up. He's hitting yes, 266, nine homers, 16 RBIs. Garrett Stubbs, when um, 
whenever JT needs a break, you Garrett Stubbs, put him in, and he's actually been playing Garrett Stubbs. It might go down as the second best backup in Philadelphia history. Obviously, number one is Nick Foles, <laughs> but Garrett Stubbs comes in for JT Romuto, and that's pretty every good. Every single time, just he goes like two for four on all of his at bats with at least a double at least one extra base hit every time he plays he is insane behind the plate i love garrett stubbs like he's he's not the you know he's not the greatest of names but he's he plays so good and i i like that guy another addition that they had at the uh at the trade deadline was edmundo sosa uh from the cardinals edmundo sosa another guy defensively really good uh, but the other day he went, I'm going to pull up his last, where's the game I am looking for? I believe it's this one. He went two for four with three RBIs. Pretty good. Like, yeah, it, it was against Cincinnati, so take it with a grain of salt. But defensively, he played well, and on offense, he cashed in when he needed to. Uh, so like, like you, like I said, like you agreed, it's just, all these players coming in and stepping up. I mean, that's really all you can ask for. And hopefully we should be getting these players back from injuries relatively soon and just kind of fix the just fix the team uh and just make it that much better. The bullpen has done amazing since the all-star break. Yeah, it's actually been doing decent, and Brad and Hand doesn't stink. You you know another name that we were complaining about at the beginning of the season who Sir has Anthony been... Dominguez? No, n- not in the bullpen, just overall. Um, the n- number one Philly in probably the past month and a half, two months, Alec Bohm. Alec oh, Bohm. Dude, Alec Bohm is now at a 288 average, He's eight home runs, 48 RBIs. hits and 109 uh, games. His... He has been playing in his last 30 games, which still doesn't do justice to what he has done now. He has a 336 batting average, a 368 on base percentage, and 440 slugging, and then throw in 39 hits, two home runs, 16 RBIs, seven walks. I mean, just lately, he has been putting together an insane couple last couple of months and uh he definitely stepped up from the issue that he was having at the beginning of the season the only people that i would say you know i'd like to see step up a little more is castianos Castianos, yep he is he has his flashes of like oh this is why we signed him but at the same time it also has like eh, i don't know about that like he's he's striking out a lot He's yeah. very he's very swing happy, but at the same time, Bryce Harper dealt with this his first year too. So I'm not comparing Cassianos to Bryce Harper, obviously, but uh, it's it. I'm not too worried about it yet. I'm he does need to step it up a little bit. Other than that, you know, more players stepping up. JT Real Muto is getting hot. Reese Hoskins has been getting hot. I want to look at Reese Hoskins had four straight home runs against the nationals in four games he had a home run in every one well of course it's the nationals we have one bright spot in his and it's a 30 year old rookie to, 
He Reese Hoskins is up to 26 home runs, 839 OPS and a 253 average. In his last 15 games, six home runs. So yeah, I mean Reese Hoskins has been also been getting, also been getting hot recently. So I mean, I'd say the team's getting hot and starting to play well at the right time, and then add in Bryce Harper back into the mix, Brandon Marsh back into the mix, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, you can finally put Nick Castellanos back at DH instead of having him play defense. And I I think the team has a pretty good. Uh, I, I will say. I will eat my words from the beginning of the season when, you know, I said I didn't believe in the Mets because obviously they are shoving it down my throat right now and telling me that I was right wrong. now. I'd say they're a top two team in baseball. I think by record they are. Yeah, it's no, well, they're uh, actually they're tied with the they're tied with Houston. Yeah, and I think, actually, I think they're Houston are the best two teams right now. Who? Mets and Houston. They're the best two teams no. in baseball right now. There's one better. Well, in terms of playing, well, the Dodgers. Dodgers but, are 81 well, and 36. They just lost Walker Bueller, though. That's, you know who, that's a very big issue that is going to bite them. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to see – you have to see how that plays out. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Mets, by record, are technically a half game ahead of the Astros. But – the Yankees fell off a cliff. Yeah, and uh, they're my other team. Um, yes, before anyone says, yes, I started liking them because I'm a bandwagon. I'll own up to it. I am one, but they have Aaron Judge, and that's literally it. The game I went to, um, their bullpen just fell apart. I forgot the pitcher who did it, but all he, he couldn't throw – no, Chapman has actually had a very good stretch of games recently. It was another guy, um, but uh, I'll talk about their their offenses. Putrid guys who were having a great start. The magic they had the first four months is gone. Glaber Torres. That's why you never. Crack. That's why in in long season sports like baseball and hockey, I don't like when my team starts out hot. Because then it's worrying. You, yeah. Cause then once you get to the time when it actually matters, like now where, you know, you need to win games and you're going to the playoffs, you want to go into the playoffs hot. You don't want to be hot at the beginning of the season. You'd ra- you want to be hot now. So I'm happy that the Phillies are starting to catch heat now because they still have three big bats that need to come back into the lineup because of injuries. So definitely getting hot now is better than at the beginning of the season. Play Holmes. That's the pitcher, but. Anthony Rizzo's hurt. LeMayhew's hurt. Matt Carpenter's hurt. Oh, um, yeah, this is um, the power of the mustache in Matt. Yeah, Carpenter. John Colo stands hurt. So pretty much all of their good offensive players, aside from Judge, are hurt, and all that's left is Aaron Hicks, who has been awful in center. Like his defense has been truly awful, and his hitting hasn't been much better. The uh... Hunter Falefa still isn't doing that great. Donaldson not good. The Bronx Bombers have become the Bronx Paintballers. Yeah, it, like they're they're not leaving any damage now. Yeah, and Garrett Cole, he's not pitching terrible, but for the money he's the money they're paying him, he needs he to be, be pitching, pitching a better. lot better. It, like, it's not a bad season, but in, but if you're looking at the money he's been being paid, it is. They have serious issues. Do I think the fall of the playoffs? No, but 
I can see them blowing up the team in the offseason or like doing a massive retool because they have serious issues and now they're they're calling up a lot of prospects to try and fix the lineup. Um, and I think Aaron Boone, if things don't get fixed, I think he could get booted. I, uh, I, one of my managers at work is a Yankees fan. And at the beginning of the season, he's like, dude, the, the Yankees are going to win the world series. I go, they're hot. Now they're going to choke it. I, well, and like, they leave so many runners on base. That was one of the things I took away from the game. I saw them. They left so many runners on base. They had a lot of opportunities, but they're just lacking offense and it's, it's getting bad. Uh, but other than that, uh, we're getting into the good time of baseball coming up on October. It, it'll, it's going to be fun to talk about. I'm, I'm excited for a, Play- I think the Phillies could mess around and win a round or two in the playoffs. I think at most you win a wild card game and then lose the next round. I I was just talking uh, to my dad a little bit, and I think that wild card baseball might be more entertaining than wild card football or like football playoffs. Not um, maybe not all the playoffs, but wild card football definitely. Yes, it is way more entertaining like, not- because if you run into a hot pitcher. Or if your pitcher just decides, you know, I don't want to play well today. Like, yeah, it's, I think there's so many more variables in baseball than in wildcard baseball than there is in wildcard football. Yeah, because you never know who's going to have that one at bat where they do something crazy. What pitcher is going to decide, you know what, this is going to be my game. Like, there's a lot more question marks than there is in football. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but with that, we are coming up on playoff time. I'm excited. But with that, we uh, that's all I have. Anything else from you? All right. Uh, well, then we'll close it out there. Uh, you guys can check out the rest of our pods on Spotify and Apple, where you can also rate us uh, and leave us a review on Apple. You guys can follow us, our Instagram at BL in the DC. We post uh, you know, news there, trades, signings, stuff like that. Uh, you can follow our Instagram and you can also comment and send us questions and stuff through DMs. You can email us questions and comments and check out our TikTok all, and YouTube. Yeah, our TikToks and our YouTubes. Uh, we put videos up there and talk about, you know, signings and stuff on there just as a smaller little section to, you know, just focus on that as opposed to a whole as opposed to a whole podcast on it. So uh, and once the reverse retro jerseys come out, we're going to do it. We're each going to be doing a tier list. So that's going to be its own separate YouTube video. So just keep your eye out for stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check out us out on those stuff. And with that, we will see you guys next week. See you later.